problem is we don't have the technology to do that anymore. We used to, but we uh, destroyed that technology and it's a painful process to build it back again. Yeah, right. We don't have TI-84 calculators because that's exactly the chip they use, but whatever. All right. Welcome, guys. It's a Saturday show and we should talk because uh, they lost. They got caught. We caught them all. And yet, for some reason, all of you are panicking. Didn't I tell you that they were going to use the media, 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 media to demoralize you, to tell you that um, this is how it's going to happen. This is what's going to go. And that's what's it. It's pretty insane, right? Very insane, actually. So you have to think. Think about it. Why are they pushing so hard? The Secretary of State of those states haven't closed the election, yet they're calling it for Biden. And now they're even referencing him as president-elect. And all of you are up in arms. Well, what do you do? You remind them that they work for you. That's what you have to do. Remind them that they work for you. And it's not by storming down and burning things. Yeah, you can go out. You can take your flags. You can go out there. I wouldn't because I know what the enemy is waiting for. They're waiting for the opportune time to make you look like the enemy. And I don't need to give them any any, any excuse. Any excuse. They've got a list with names and all of you sitting there for them saying, oh, you know, they're just Antifa. Antifa's a front. They're all soy. But when they have you up against the wall, <laughs> not so soy anymore. These people are insane. And they have no boundaries to what they would do. Now, we have to uh, kind of focus to understand um, where we are going with this. We have the media that has called it. I told you, wait till you see who else flips. I mean, you think that Fox is a problem? I mean, we've been telling you about Fox forever, but it's not just them. They all make money. Everybody makes money. It is about money. You are the commodity. So uh, before I show you guys a letter that I crafted, completely nonpartisan and very formal. And from what I heard, there's been uh, there other people have actually sent you know, written legal documents to the president demanding something different and citing code. Now, I don't want to threaten the president. God forbid. I'm just reminding him that I'm requesting that he do what he's supposed to do, and that's defend our freedom. That's the job. So for all of you out there freaking out, well, it's okay. Let them party. That's the best way because the higher you are, the harder you fall. And that is the point. We have to let them think, oh, yeah, look at us. We're partying. They're partying. They're really trying to party hard. Uh, so that way they can piss you off more because they know that we are hot-blooded, God-fearing, America-loving people. And they know that we will have no qualms to get out there with arms. And they are pushing. They are pushing every button they can. What you need to do is be like, loser, wait till we pull the carpet. Ha ha. I want you guys to put that hat on. Loser, wait till we pull the carpet. Ha ha. But in no means does that mean that you stay silent. Okay. Now, 
Let's watch the excuses they tell us how this year, out of all the years, we have huge problems in regards to counting, specifically that of Pittsburgh. Take a listen to this. This is pretty interesting. I was like, um, is anyone really going to believe this? Earlier this morning, he still got a lead. It's growing in Pennsylvania. He's 13,374 votes ahead of Donald Trump, 49.5% to 49.3%. Brian Todd is in Pittsburgh, Allegheny County, uh, joining us right now. Brian, what's going on there? Allegheny County, the second largest county in Pennsylvania. That's right, Wolf, and we're here with the man who's at the center of what we hope is not a storm. It's Rich Fitzgerald. He's the Allegheny County Executive. This is the place where they're counting the mail-in ballots and everything that's coming in after Election Day in Allegheny County. First, sir, I know that the uh, the return board here was counting ballots that were damaged earlier, and they're starting to count uh, ballots from military and overseas. Yes. Do you have any results for us? We don't have any results yet. They, they won't be posting them probably for a few more hours, but we got about 3,000 ballots uh, that, that are being processed, the traditional regular mail-in ballots that come from throughout Allegheny County. And then it looks like about 3,500 or so military ballots. So I'm told that maybe by five, the left or five, we may be posting those 6,500 or so ballots. 35,000 plus, though, total uh, mail-ins and other ballots that came in on or after Election Day. How long do you think it'll take to get through all of those and count them? Well, these are all before Election Day. Correct. I'm sorry. I just want to make sure. There's 28,000 that they'll begin looking at after 5 o'clock tonight. Uh, they still probably have another three or 4,000 that they're going through, making sure about the secrecy envelope, the signatures, the dates, all those different kind of things. So um, they'll work through the night. They haven't taken a break. They didn't even take a break for lunch, and they're going to keep moving on it. Have your observers here reported any problems? Any Have they complained about anything? No. As a matter of fact, um, when we swore in the election board this morning, uh, we had the Republican chair as well as myself who were talking and basically thanking the workers. They're doing it in a, in a good way. Uh, they've been doing it with observation. The press is here to watch it. It is. There's cameras everywhere. So this is a very, very transparent process. It's a question that many people ask, not just here in Pennsylvania, but in Arizona, where they're still counting votes and elsewhere. And it's a question many Americans have for places like Pennsylvania. And you have the answers and it's logical, of course, but can you tell people why it does take so long after Election Day to get through these ballots? Because we were not permitted to begin this process until Election Day. That should change. I know Florida and some other states, they pre-canvass, meaning days before they start taking open the envelopes. We weren't allowed to do anything with envelopes, secrecy envelopes, until Election Day. That delays the process. We could have had this done and given results on Tuesday night. We didn't have to go through this. Key. So they were told for some reason, suddenly, no pre-canvassing. You're not allowed to. You have to do it when the polls are closed. Ask yourself why. Ask yourself why. Why did the rules suddenly change in the battleground states? I mean, DeSantis wasn't having any of it. But, um, you know, what does that say to you? What does it say to you? That's what you have to think. What does it say to you? So it's pretty impressive how rules have changed in the battleground states to not open them. Huh? See, what people intend for evil can be turned to good. Uh, that's um, what can happen. Uh, wait, I want you guys to see another statement hours later, obviously. Um, 
where Van Jones actually cried. He actually cried. This is going to be incredible to watch when they fall. Incredible. Incredible. Our president is out golfing. What does that mean? It's all good. If he's not freaking out, why are you freaking out? That's the question you should ask yourself. Why are you freaking out? He's got this. This man's a juggernaut. All right. Now, let's take a listen. <laughs> I'm sorry. Let's take a listen and a watch. You know, I trust CNN more at this point than I do Fox because they have a lot of Freudian slips and they tell you a lot of stuff too. But let's watch him cry. It's, um, <laughs> well, it's easier to be a parent this morning. It's easier to be a dad. It's easier, it's easier to tell your kids character matters. It matters. <laughs> tell them the truth matters. Being a good person matters. Oh my gosh, he's better and than that. it's easier for a whole lot of people. If you're Muslim in this country, oh you, my you, God. you don't have to worry if the president doesn't want you here. If you're an immigrant, you don't have to worry if the president's going to be happy to have babies snatched away or send dreamers. Right, you're all going to be jihadis for us. This is beautiful. This is vindication for a lot of people. Who have really suffered. You know. Oh my gosh. I can't breathe. You know, that wasn't just George Floyd. That was a lot of people that felt oh they couldn't my breathe. Oh my gosh. Every he deserves an Oscar. Oscar. And, you don't know, and you're going to the store. Oscar. And, and people who have been afraid to show their racism are getting nastier and nastier to you. And you're worried about your kids and you're worried about your sister. And can she just go to Walmart and, and get back into the, her car without somebody saying something to her? And, 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 and you spent so much of your life energy just trying to hold it together. And this is a big deal for us just to be able to get some peace and, 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 and have a chance for, for, for a reset. And, and the character of the country matters. And, 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 and being a good man matters. You know, I just want my sons to, to look at this. Look at this. You know, it's easy to, to, to do it the, the cheap way. And, 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 and his sons and, are going to be like, you were stuff. such a vagina. It comes back around. You got an and Emmy from the deep state. I, I'm sorry for the people who lost. Oh, my gosh. I, for them, it's not a good day. No, 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 whole- no, no. Nobody lost. You lose. See, these tears are this confused okay so first of all great act right we're gonna we're gonna watch a little bit i was trying to post the comments but your comments because i have like five different feeds right now here are coming in so hot that i was clicking and only one was staying there like i couldn't swallow them fast enough but this guy is hilarious okay he was way better than matto i have to say like this is one of my i i think ben rhodes actually is still the best okay when he was crying in the corner all he needed was a fucking sad red balloon by himself uh so ben rhodes takes the cake all right but this guy beat matto okay because it was fake fake ass tears and he didn't fight them back he let them go and he is so upset this is full panic This is them using their power as a media conglomerate to hijack your reality that it is real. It is real, but it's not. It totally isn't. It totally is not. They did not win. No secretary of state is called anything. And there's a lot coming down the pipeline. Tons of it. For those of you that don't understand 
we already knew their plan. Obviously, we're going to have mitigation. For those of you that don't see it, don't really understand who the president is and what his team is capable of. You don't seem to understand it, just how capable his team is. You need to understand that. His team is exceptional. Exceptional. Now, let's watch the rest of this. This is pretty funny. Come on, guys. This is history. His sons are going to look back and say, damn, you were of a China. A lot of people, it's a good day. Lord. Yeah, you know, and as long as I've been covering politics, we talk about character. And a lot of campaigns, character didn't count. Other things mattered more. And I always ask myself this question, this race, would character matter? Would values matter? Would that go to the top of the list? And COVID became part of that, became part of the character issue, how you handle something that has killed more than 200,000 people in this country. It became a matter of character and values. And you look at Joe Biden, and that is who he is. He's a man of empathy. You can disagree with him on all this, you know, politically, you can say he's a socialist, which of course he isn't. He was very hard for Republicans to pigeonhole because he said uh, more than four decades in public service in which he refused to be pigeonholed. And what's so fascinating about what's going to occur is that during the campaign, or at least early on in the campaign, we always heard Joe Biden talk about himself as a transitional candidate because he is old. Now, as a president, he's going to have to be transformational. Because so much needs to be done in this country, whether it's about COVID, whether it's about the economy, whether it's about race, whether it's about climate, you can go, you can go down the list. So this man who was the youngest man, um, one of the youngest, I should say, ever elected to the United States Senate will now be the oldest man ever to take the presidential oath. Think of that. Think of that. First of all, let me say, watching Wolf make that announcement threw me back to when, when I was in the war room in 2008 at the campaign headquarters, and I heard him say the words that Barack Obama would be president of the United States, and I was overwhelmed uh, with emotion. I'm sure that's the feeling uh, of people over in, at, in Biden's uh, headquarters and, and many people across the country, and Van just so eloquently and movingly uh, expressed that. Joe Biden. Uh, you know, can, we tend to correct in our elections for the deficiencies of the person in that office. And in this case, those deficiencies went to character, went to decency, went to a lack of empathy. Uh, and these are qualities, as Gloria said, that Joe Biden has in abundance. And that made him the right candidate to run against Donald Trump. I think when he said last night that he wanted to bring the country together, that he wanted to be the president of all Americans, that he fundamentally believes that. He grew up that way uh, in politics. But we should also recognize today, and I'm sure Rick will speak to this, that there are a lot of Americans who think that we'll see this as a gut punch because we are in a very divided country. And for all the tasks that Joe Biden faces now, President-elect Biden uh, whether it's dealing with the virus or dealing with the economy uh, or myriad other problems, 
the greatest challenge is going to be to deal with a deeply divided country and try and find a common language and a common set of concerns that we can work on together, even if we disagree on many, many issues. And that, you know, I, I so fervently hope for the country that he is successful in moving us forward in that way. So this is what uh, the liberals are watching. This is the news that they are getting. They're getting it as if it's a fact. None of them are saying, well, the secretary of state called it. No, it's AP, AP that uses CIDL in order to get their details. AP, 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 right? <laughs> That's it. That's it. You've got AP. You don't have the secretary of state. You know why? Because if the secretary of state says it's done, we come in for the audit. They have to finish it in order for us to start it. That's the problem. So they're gloating, and this is what they were going to do. They were going to gloat. They have to gloat because it's not going to be fun if they don't. We want them to gloat. We want them to be, oh, my gosh, uh, we won. Look at us parading. We're having a party. Suddenly they're patriotic and wearing, like, you know, all these um, – what is it? Uh, you know, dressing up like a Statue of Liberty, wearing flags, patriotic things. And it's like, hold on a second. I thought that was like against whatever you believed in. How does that even, you know, work? How does it even work? But you were, you were told, and I know that there's episodes from like May. I mentioned it in 2019, mentioned it in 2018, but someone, thank God for Jackson and many more because everyone was parsing through it, found the, um, the episode where I told you guys what was going to happen. And again, I say this, I'm not trying to tell you this because it's like, Oh, look at me. I know what I'm talking about. I'm telling you this because if I knew, then other people knew. And because if you don't consider me someone that knows what they're talking about, then listen to me tell you uh, just uh, on July 27th what their plan was. Let me find the right spot. Let me see if this is the right spot. Of their own public property. Great night. Mm. Uh, Senator of the United States. And the, uh, I just, you know, I'm second in line uh, to the presidency. And just last week, I had my regular continuation of government briefing. This might interest you because it's, I say to them, this is never going to happen. God willing, it never will. But there is a process. It has nothing to do with if the certain occupant of the White House doesn't feel like moving and has to be fumigated out of there because the presidency is the presidency. It's not geography or location. So, so much for him. I wouldn't spend so much time on it. That's a victory for him because then we're not talking about your first more important subject, which is what are we going to do to stop this vicious virus? Okay. So you need to listen to these words again, just what you miss. Cause all we're hearing is that they want to fumigate and that they're going to have an inauguration no matter what. But what did she say? Moving and has to be fumigated out of there. Listen. Because the presidency is the presidency. It's not geography or a location. So, so much for him. I wouldn't spend so much time on it. It's not about geography or location. So it's not about the White House. It's not about the United States. Are you paying attention now? Do I have your attention? There you go. Now. How will they steal the elections? You think it's going to be my mail? We're already mitigating that. All right. So someone said something very, very, very interesting. And I thought I'd pause it. And me talking is me from July. 
So um, I want you guys to understand why she said the second in, a, in command. And this is why I am uh, pretty much um, <laughs> doing the show today, because I want to explain to you how this works. So she said that I'm second in command. And you're just like, what do you mean? Where's Pence? No, huh. it's not about that. See, um, I'm going to give you a little bit of history. Uh, did you know that, um, our first election, right? Um, on our first election, she, she, okay. So on our first election with George Washington, it actually started, I think like, um, November, December, and then ended the next year. Now, there was no real president at that time. He was the first president and he was like super hot. Everybody liked him. He was the richest person in America and um, everybody knew about him. So um, what um, what happened was uh, there was this guy named Huntington, right? He was the speaker of Congress, the head of Congress, right? And so believe it or not, Huntington was actually the first president per se, because when there's no president, see, declared, then the runner up is always the speaker of the house, the head of the house. So basically, this is what she was telling you. See, if you pay attention to what they say, it's important. Now, many people say, well, um, I don't know. How does that work? Um, how is that possible? Yeah, that's the way it works. They knew this was happening. <laughs> so if I knew what their plan was, then we already mitigated, like I told you. So listen to the rest of this, just so you listen carefully. So first, and then I'm going to, while I'm playing this, I'll try to find a video with someone explaining um, Huntington and how he was actually the first president. Um, so take a listen. We'll give a, we'll give people some saline for those that will take it. I'm a Jehovah witness, so I'm not, <laughs> but what does she mean? Well, election results come in. Who reports the results to you guys? Think who reports the results to you? Do you think you're going to trust OAN Fox CNN NBC? ABC, who's going to report the results to you? Who is going to report the results to you? The media. So think of it this way. doesn't matter about geography and location. We're going to have an inauguration regardless. That sounds like a declaration. But who reports the results? Mainstream media. Who reports the results? Mainstream media. But what are they saying now on mainstream media? How do you trust the governor's giving you the correct numbers of coronavirus? Intention now? Doesn't matter geography and location. They are willing to hand over the presidency, the nation, as they claim, before they're out. Doesn't matter geography or location. Nur Said, Kazakhstan. 
Hmm. Have you ever looked at a map? Do you know what goes on there? Have you ever seen the structure? Kind of looks like the White House. I'm just saying. Geography and location. But see, again, time traveling tour. You could take it as you wish. Do I time travel? Well, I have souvenirs. I obviously know what's coming. And if I know what's coming, definitely other people do too. So what do we do? Huh? Because it's only going to affect the United States, right? (laughs) Wrong. So how did we take out Soleimani? Right. So there was uh, some internet issues, right? There was some blackout issues, right? And we're talking about anti-satellite. And what are those satellites the majority for? Communications. So the question lies on those that sit on the fence that are like, well, he hasn't done anything. Insert Sandman. Miss, I'll leave it there. So I told you that the media was going to be um, telling you the results, that it's not going to be the Secretary of State. I told you that. I told you that. I told you that. I told you that. And now everyone's kind of like, oh, my gosh, we need to find a new channel to listen to. No, you need to listen to yourself. You need to examine history. You need to look into yourself. You know, they're not the only ones with quantum things. I just noticed something super bizarre. I noticed that um, Twitter flagged my tweet where I was like, why is everybody talking about the hammer and the scorecard? They could ask me. Um, I used it. (laughs) I know everything there is to know about those programs. I actually use them. And I've been explaining it to the population for over a year. Yet people are speculating. You can ask me. I can tell you what countries we used it in. I could tell you how we used it. Huh. And not just countries, unions, because it's your unions that are fucking with you. So that's another story for another time. Um, let's, uh, let's revisit America's forgotten real first president, because this is exactly what they wanted you to forget. Samuel Huntington is a significant historical figure that represented Connecticut at the Continental Congress. Huntington is a jurist, statesman, and patriot in the American Revolution. He is considered to be one of the founding fathers of the United States of America and was one of the signers of the Declaration of Independence and the Articles of Confederation. He was born on July 3, 1731, in Windham, Connecticut, to Nathaniel and Metabel Huntington, being the fourth of ten children and the oldest son. It was here in Connecticut that his family was amongst the first settlers in the area. His father was a farmer and was therefore unable to provide a proper education for his son in the common schools, which he so desperately strived for. Samuel was incredibly studious and worked hard in order to... overcome any obstacles that he faced in terms of his education while still helping his father on the farm. He was self-taught and became a lawyer. Huntington led his life as a devoted Christian and didn't sway from his beliefs. He was eventually admitted to the Bar of Connecticut in 1753 at age 23 and moved to Norwich, Connecticut in order to continue practicing law. Samuel married Martha Devotion, and they remained together until her death in 1794. After such great accomplishments at a young age, Samuel Huntington went on to play an even greater role in American history. 
Samuel Huntington is the 18th governor of Connecticut. He served as King's attorney to the town of Norwich, as well as a tax collector, town meeting moderator, and was then eventually appointed to the Superior Court in 1773. In the year 1776, Huntington was elected to Connecticut's Upper House of Assembly and served on the Council of Safety. It was at this point that he was selected to be a delegate of the Continental Congress and was able to vote for and sign the Declaration of Independence as well as the Articles of Confederation. One of the most significant occurrences in Huntington's life was the role that he played while serving two terms as the President of Continental Congress from 1779 to 1781, which at the time was the highest office position in the nation. While in Congress, Huntington suffered a smallpox attack, but recovered quickly. Despite this, Huntington was not known for strong speech or intelligence, but was recognized for his calm nature and steady hard work amongst fellow delegates. Because of Huntington's presidency of the Continental Congress during the time of the ratification of the Articles of Confederation, some biographers in Connecticut feel that Huntington should actually be considered as the first president of the United States. It was also at the time the Articles of Confederation were adopted. In 1785, he was elected as Lieutenant Governor of Connecticut, and in 1786 was elected as the official governor or chief magistrate, Samuel Huntington was re-elected every term until his death. Huntington died on January 5, 1796 at the age of 65. Governor Huntington lived a fulfilling life as a devoted Christian and thoughtful individual. He took action and worked to positively impact the United States as a whole and his home of Connecticut. Governor Huntington was said to have a sense of modesty and was said to be free and winning in his manners. Years later, Huntington... Connecticut was named in his honor, but was later named to Shelton. Samuel's original home still stands and was brought by a historical trust. Restoration is underway for his home parts and are open to visitors, which serves as a National Historic Landmark. All right. So now here's the next one. So now you got a background of who the dude is. Let me just play this. There we go. I'll share the link in the chat. I'll rewind that just a little bit because you need to read it and I'll take the comment off. Give me a sec because you need to read that. Whoop. Let's go back. There we go. So let me take that off. Samuel Huntington, president of the United States under the Articles of Confederation in perpetuity. In perpetuity. That's until they pick a president. That is until they pick a president. You got it? You got it. He was president of the United States. He is the forgotten president. Do you see that? So who is he? He was the speaker of the house. He was the speaker of the house. He was elected to lead Congress. Therefore, he was the president of the United States. Hence why Pelosi is so itching for this, because then that means if they can drag the recount Past the day for inauguration, guess what happens? That's what's up. She becomes president. So that's what she was. She's never going to become president. This is going to be really quick. 
Pelosi's dreams will be shattered, completely shattered, guys. There's no way she's going to be president, and that's it. That is what she wanted. That is what she was talking about. That is why that show was very important. There is no audio from the video. It's just air. The guy was just um, taping it. See, this is the stuff they put out that nobody pays attention to. Schools have made sure that kids and adults didn't know the real history. You see? This is what they want. I mean, you could hear it in their voice. Uh, that is how you figure. <laughs> that's how you can figure out what's true and what's false. And so this is why we have uh, all these proud Americans, all these people going out there because we have to make it look like we're contesting. Uh, we're not just going to let it happen, right? We have to look like we're doing something. We're bringing awareness. Obviously, they're not covering it. They're not. They don't want to. Because if they do, then the people will say, hmm. Like I said, President Trump won by such a landslide. It's disgusting. It's like you would think that he was like a king. <laughs> That's how big his win was. Giuliani in, in uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. The first part of a situation that is extremely, extremely troubling, first of all, for the state of Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, and then for a num number of other states. And the, these, these uh, lawsuits will be brought starting on Monday. But the first time it was discovered was here in Pennsylvania just a couple of days ago. Uh, the people you st see behind me are just a few of about, I'd say, 50 to 60 poll watchers who will all testify that they were uniformly, will waste, they were uniformly uh, de deprived of their right to inspect any single part of the mail-in ballots. As you know, from the very beginning, the mail-in ballots were a source of some degree of skepticism, if not a lot of skepticism, as being innately prone to fraud. New York Times had uh, written that 10 years ago under other circumstances, but of course changed their mind once it was a situation involving uh, Pre President Trump. Um, Congress, Congresswoman Jordan, in her vast and compendious review of various forms of voter fraud, cited mail-in ballots as most prone to fraud. With all that, you would have expected that be a high degree of security and a high degree of inspection that would be provided for mail-in ballots. Instead, in the wisdom of the um, officials, de Democrat officials here in the city that's been Democrat for 60 years and has a very long history of voter fraud, documented history of voter fraud, uh, instead of going to a high degree of care, to allow inspections of the mail-in ballots, there was no inspection of a single mail-in ballot. Those mail-in ballots could have been for anybody. Those mail-in ballots could have been for anybody they wrote in. Those mail-in ballots could have been written the day before by the Democratic Party hacks that were all over the convention center. What I'm saying to you is not a single one was inspected as the law required. Even when a court order was obtained to allow the Republican inspectors to get six feet closer 
they move the people counting the ballots six further feet away. It's really simple. If you have nothing to hide with these mail-in ballots, you allow inspection. I mean, this is common knowledge, common practice in the examination of absentee ballots, which happens all the time. You take out the absentee ballot, you open it up, the Republican looks at it, the Democrat looks at it. If nobody objects, you put it in the pile. Either objects, you put it aside. That's what's done for absentee ballots, which have the extra security of having signatures you can match. Here, which is a much more insecure method of voting, no Republican got a chance to look at that ballot. Some of the ballots you will see look suspicious. From very far away, they look like same pen, possibly, possibly same handwriting. We can't say that because we never got to see it. Now, you're also going to find that way across on the other, other side of the state in Pittsburgh, involving 300,000 ballots that were uninspected, unreviewed, not observed by a single Republican. Not a single one. Got to be a pack. As a friend of mine says, I don't believe in conspiracies, but I also don't believe in coincidences. Kind of funny that all Republicans were rejected here and all Republicans were rejected in Pittsburgh. And it amounts to about, gee, just about the 700,000 votes President Trump was ahead by two days ago that disappeared. And we have no way of knowing because we were deprived of the right to inspect if a single one of those ballots is legitimate. That is unheard of. It's illegal. It's unconstitutional. And we will be bringing an action challenging that. And I emphasize to you, it's only one of the many other infirmities in this election. I know this city has a sad history of voter fraud. After all, Joe Frazier is still voting here. Kind of hard since he died five years ago, but Joe continues to vote. If I recall correctly, Joe was a Republican, so maybe I shouldn't complain. But we should go see if Joe is voting Republican or Democrat now from the grave. Also, Will Smith's father has voted here twice since he died. I don't know how he votes because his vote is <laughs> secret. In Philadelphia, they keep the votes of dead people secret. At least that is something that you can be commended for. I'm not attacking the people of Philadelphia. I'm attacking a decrepit Democratic machine, which has a lot of other reasons to be attacked. It's been around for 65 years. You keep electing the same people. The city gets no better. The crime goes way through the roof. The riots you have, the police stand by and watch it. Not because of the police, because you have a mayor that lets them stand by and watch it. You got a district attorney who lets people go free. Now, before he continues and we listen to the rest of it, we have some audio. I'm not sharing the audio. But the Trump campaign will, the administration will, the intelligence community will. Now, in the meantime, a lot of people are like, what do we do? We don't just sit back and relax, you guys. Here's what we do. Think of it this way. They use the U.S. Postal Service to fuck us. Well, we use it to get it back. They stole our freedom. You see, it's not the first time this has happened. There go. We should use the post office to take our freedom back. They used it to steal it. Time to take it back. So all of you, I have pinned it on Twitter and Facebook as well, where I shared a link. This is a template. You can download it off of the Google Drive there. And it clearly reads, Dear Mr. President, my vote is the most envied tangible asset in the world. We the people of the United States of America govern 
we are not governed. Our vote represents our freedom. On November 3rd, 2020, my voice was not heard at the ballot box. In essence, my freedom was taken away. As a shareholder of this nation, in which my taxes fund the positions of all elected officials, I have the right to audit all activities funded and driven with my fiscal contributions. I respectfully request a full audit across the nation, all 50 states, not just the contested states. I request a full report to be made public and all those that violated my interests as a shareholder of this nation to be held accountable. My voice, my vote counts. My voice matters. I look to you, President Donald J. Trump, to honor my request and defend my freedom. This is what every American should say. I could picture it now. I could totally picture it now. President Trump posing with a stack of letters from a bunch of people from around the nation and even around the world demanding, come on, more than 85 million of you voted for Donald J. Trump. Can we get at least 10% of that at the White House? You can write it out. You can print it and sign it. You can date it. You can change it if you want to. But the bottom line is, even the president works for us, and our request cannot go unheard. Now, my thought was, I could have just started a petition on the White House website, which clearly states that if 100,000 signatures are attained, that the White House will officially respond. But you know what the media would say? The media would say, those are all bots, and a lot of people use fake email addresses, even if it's your email. But this How are you going to call all these Americans bots sending letters? Now, I know we have a couple thousand already in the pipeline, and that's great. We need to continue that. Every single voter, every single eligible voter should be printing that out and sending it. Are there two adults in your house? Two letters should go out. Are there three? Three should go out. You've got friends. You've got family. Tell them to sign it and send it. 55 cents isn't a lot for your freedom, is it? I mean, your freedom is priceless. And I've told you, it is your vote that distinguishes you from every other nation on this planet. That is the most important asset you have. This is how our nation was created. And it's time for us to remind them who really is their boss. We are many. They are few. Now, I'm going to send it certified to make sure that it gets there. I want to track it. I want to see it. And I want to post it and say, mine got there. That's the way it is. A lot of people have asked, can my dead, you know, father (laughs) or mother send one off? I mean, think, you know, I saw this amazing meme that I posted to Instagram that was so hilarious. It says, I just found out my father, a lifelong Republican, is now voting Democrat. He would have never done that when he was alive. (laughs) Incredible. Now, I'm sending this off and all of us should be doing it. Right now, I have 3,848 people on this stream. I mean, at least 2,000 of you can do it, right? That's it. 55 cents, 55 cents. Now we, we have been exchanging letters, haven't we? See how easy that was. Do you see how that's done? See, we are in 2020. It's 2020 guys. 
And we don't have to be boots on the ground. And we don't have to give them any excuse to say we're bots, bots, bots. What we have is 55 cents. That's all it takes. You don't even have to print it out. You can grab a postcard for a dollar at your local post office, fill it out right there, copy it off your phone and mail it off. Boom. That's all you have to do. A simple postcard. Remember, I said, send me one and I'll send one back. See, these letters are very important. This is tangible evidence. Evidence that the citizens demand a recount, not just in the contested states, every single one. We don't trust anyone. Now, you're going to say, Tori, why do we need to do this so we can be heard? Do you think they're covering our protests? No, it's a blackout. Do you think, do you know that less than 10% of Americans are on Twitter? <laughs> and do you know that Facebook is hiding almost everything you put? YouTube, the Tory says, the Tory says channel, I get, I am getting hit with copyright requests from like months ago. They come after you real hard. They come after you real hard and they silence you. But you know what they can't silence? The federal system. And that's the U.S. Post Office. That's all it is. U.S. Post Office. Remember, sometimes we need to see it to believe it. And this is where we see it. This is it. This is where the president could say, just today I received 20,000 letters telling me that they want this and there's more coming. We are going to congest the U.S. Postal Service. We are going to throw it all out there and say, no, no, no. It is not happening on my watch. It is not happening on my watch. You are going to do what I ask you, Mr. President, because I want accountability. Now, in this pinned tweet, Right here, I have the link, which I will copy and paste into the chat right now so all of you can have it. And I have just done that. So you can all see uh, the chat right here. Uh, I've put it in there. That's all you need to do. Smother them. Smother them. Let our president say, well, look, I got one from Alaska. Look, hey, if my... If my North Pole listener, which I was kind of excited. I was like, is it Santa who sent me a postcard? If you sent me one, send the president one. That's why I wanted to send you stamps back, you guys, for this moment now. You see it? You see how time travel works when you know, you know. That's why I've been saying, send me a postcard. I'll send one right back with the stamp. That's why. That's why I wanted to do this, because this is how we win. This is how we win. We show it. We show them. We don't have to go out there. We don't have to freak out. We don't have to do anything. Look, it's pretty simple, guys. One letter. One simple letter. Look how simple that is. One simple letter. One simple letter. And he's going to have a stack of them. A stack of them because 55 cents is your freedom not worth that much? Hmm? It's not. But now, do you see why I said, Hey, I want to do Christmas cards, send me a postcard? I was actually trying to track down people that had sent me, you know, what is it from the WordPress site? I get like 64 cents when people tip me and I was sending them cards out with, you know, the, the, the stamps and everything. I want people to write letters, write letters. 
move it forward. Let's do it. This is how we can let the president know that we are going to be heard, whether they like it or not. That's how it goes. Whether they like it or not, we will be heard. Whether they know it or not, we will be heard. We will not let Pelosi be the next Huntington. This will be dealt with. December 12th, boom, boom, boom. That's the hard stop. So, you know, you have to see what is going on in the background. You have a cool as a cucumber president. They're not covering your rallies. I don't care how many millions of you can be out. You can flood Twitter, Parler, Facebook. No one's going to see it. <laughs> They'll smother it. I mean, who are you going to get? Again, 10% of Americans are on Twitter, guys. <laughs> but you know what? They can't stop a press conference with a big damn wheelbarrow full of letters that are saying the same exact thing. And as president, it is his duty to listen to the people. That's what we need to do. Yes, see, that's how we fix things. That is exactly how we fix things. Hmm? I mean, are they going to stop that? Can they hide that? Can social media smother it? Sure. Can the media smother it? They're all going to see a wheelbarrow and they're going to be like, what's that? And it's going to be like, shh, mail from people. Here's a letter that I got. I got 10,000s of these in the mail just on Tuesday. And they read this. I have to investigate. I'm sorry. But the people have asked me to audit. And they're right. It's their nation. And I'm going to do it. And if you Democrats won fair and square, then it shan't be a problem. That's how it goes. This is why the secretary states of these contested states that keep saying projected president-elect Biden haven't shut it down. Because the minute they shut it down, we can audit, especially when they're that close. And like I said, like I said, every single state cheated. Every single one. Every single one. Not one was honest. So when they smother your voice on social media because they can, when they smother your voice on TV because you're out on the streets, no one's going to show it. <laughs> Who's going to show it? Who OAN isn't even on everybody's channel. No one, not everybody's networked. All they watch is CNN, Fox, CBS, ABC. <laughs> but when our president... I don't know, is talking and some dude comes and dumps a bunch of letters and it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I want him to do something like that where they can't stop rolling live. He's going to find something really cool to do to slide it in so they can't pull away from it because then people are going to be like, wait a minute, wait a minute. What happened? Where did all these letters go? How? We Wait a minute. Why did you cut the camera? Then what are people going to do when they cut, when the mainstream media cuts the feed, when he finds out the people said, I'm pissed, right? And that's what all the letters are. What, what, what is everyone going to do when they're sitting there? Holy crap. What happened? And then CNN's not talking about it. Fox isn't talking about it. ABC's not talking about it. CBS isn't talking about it. NBC isn't talking about it. What's the average American going to do when they see that a bunch of letters just came flying at the president while he was talking? They're going to go look for it on Google. And they might not, but they'll find it somewhere on social media. You can't hide it that easy. You see, that's how you get them. PSYOPs 101. This is how you drive them to do what you want them to do. So 
he won all 50. Now, New York is in play because New York City, which is congested with Democrats and those that get paid to vote, is pretty insane. But I'm telling you, he won Illinois. He won California. Oh, wait till you see it. No one watches Newsmax. They're not on your TV. That's what I'm trying to say. We have a lot of people that just don't give a shit. I'm sorry, but they don't. And that is the biggest problem we have right now, that Americans don't care. They don't. So when you want to be heard, this is what you do. Because he'll find a way to sneak it in. He'll make sure they get that visual. And then people are going to be like, wait a minute, why aren't they talking about this? And the thing is, he's going to pause a few seconds for the delay. Right? He's going to pause a few seconds for the delay. Remember that. Because there's a delay in relay. So they can cut it off. Right? I'm telling you, this is going to be fun. This is going to be a lot of fun to watch. I really like the wheelbarrow, but I think throwing things at him so they think that something's happening, like, oh, my gosh, who entered the press room? Like like that would ever happen. Or maybe letters falling from the sky onto the president. He's talking, you know, something crazy that they have to record. They just can't not record it. And then be like, what is this? What is going on? And it's like, you know, let me see what this is. Like, what's going, you know, secret service. I'm just picturing it, right? (laughs) It would be so awesome because they'd be caught. They won't be able to take their eyes off of it. Oh, man. Yeah, airdrop. Like, you know, confetti, it'll be letters from us. So I think that would be pretty awesome. Yeah, dump truck of letters. Yeah, what if he did it on the White House lawn and this dump truck came? That's what we need, guys. Uh, Regardless of where we stand, we just need to send that letter. Other people have sent things like, according to criminal code, this, this. No, man, I'm just asking you. Defend my freedom. That's your job, President Trump. Please do it. My vote is my freedom. Without my vote, I am not free. And they have been stealing it. That's basically it. That is the bottom line. When people say, oh, the elections are rigged. Oh, big deal. You know, it's happened before. No, it's not nothing. It's important. That is your freedom. That is your freedom. That is what you need to be free. That your voice is heard. They stole our freedom. We're not going to let them get away with it. We're not. We're not going to let them get away with it. Now, back to Giuliani. Let's listen to what else he says. I think, is it in this one that he claims that he has audio? I think he does, right? Because we have audio. (laughs) That's going to come. I was hoping that it would have come out already, but it did not. So let me, let me, um, put it on again. So that way we can hear him and see if he says it in this one. You are poorly served, ladies and gentlemen of Philadelphia. And then you got a political machine. <laughs> mayors, mayors who let riots take place. District attorneys who set criminals free. I don't think they're going to care much about ballot fraud. This is outrageous. An enormously important contest with a very, very suspect method of voting. There was no security. Zero. The people of this city, people of this country have no assurance at all that those ballots were actually cast. They would have to have been almost unanimously cast for Joe Biden in order to catch up. And let me have one or two of the people. Let me emphasize this is only two or three of about 50 people so far that have given us statements, affidavits, 
recordings. We're going to have many, many witnesses. It's not a small case. It can be a big case. But I wanted you to get the flavor of it here in Philadelphia because we also have to alert the people of Pittsburgh that the same fraud was done to them as here. And I'll also add, same thing was done in Georgia. Same thing was done in Michigan. The same thing was done in North Carolina. Seems to me somebody from the Democratic National Committee sent out a little note that said, don't let the Republicans look at those mail-in ballots, at least not in the big Democratic hack cities that we control. We've done a lot to destroy those cities, and now we're going to destroy their right to vote. Oh, did he just give you a transcript of the audio? <laughs> this is what they think of you guys in Philly, that you're all losers. They destroyed your city. They destroyed your city. And don't you dare let the Republicans take a look. Damn. I really wish I was living in one of those states and that I pull watch there. I really do. But I guess I had to be in Cuyahoga. See, we controlled that one pretty well, huh? <laughs> so, again, we need to send mail out. That's our post office. We pay for it. Federal tax dollars, man. Use it. Use it. This is where we have tangible. We show up. You show up without going out and you know, putting yourself in harm's way. And I, and I'm not, look, I'm not going to tell you not to protest. Go ahead and protest. I'm just saying that the people that are out there waiting for you to go protest is, uh, they're armed and they are dangerous. Listen to Schumer now. Well, the long, dark night in America is over and a new dawn is coming. And I want to thank all of the millions of Americans who voted. I want to thank the millions who are volunteers and poll watchers and small dollar donors. People, we did not give up on America. Donald Trump so blemished our democracy, so tried to destroy our democracy. But as the election showed, the American people never lost faith. And now Donald Trump go home to Florida. So, okay. So one question that someone said, why are the top Twitter Q decorders not RTing and supporting? Well, that's a question you should ask them. I'm not going to throw anyone under the bus, but that's a question you should ask them because they're just that simply decoders. So ask yourself, why wouldn't they push a movement so amazing? That's what you should be asking. Remember, if you're following, if you're liking, if you're retweeting, if you're funding, and I, and I subscribe to some of, some of them, you can ask them, why aren't you promoting it? That's what you need to ask yourself. Why aren't you just asking the question? That's it. Ask the question. Why wouldn't you promote sending a letter so that our president get it? Hmm? Why not? Because <laughs> some of them actually know who I am and they know that they're on the <laughs> let's just leave it at that. Just let it be. Okay. You can ask them. Nobody cares what they say. Who are they? That's right. They're the decoders. So again, you only have to think of yourself. 
you don't need to ask someone to tell you to do something. People can put forth ideas. I mean, you should see some great ideas we get out in the Tory Says chat room on Telegram. That's a pretty good place to go. Lots of patriots, lots of people talking, and great ideas. Great ideas. You don't need to wait for some asset to tell you what to do or someone that decodes. I don't decode. I am the code. So um, you don't need to wait for anyone. If you think it's the right thing to do, do it, right? If you think your president should know that you're upset and you'd like him to audit because that's your money that they funded, then go ahead and be it. That's all you have to do. Our nation, our nation has an unprecedented crisis before us. The greatest economic crisis since the Depression, 75 years ago. The greatest healthcare crisis since the Spanish pandemic flew 100 years ago. Donald Trump has done virtually nothing. Now, with Joe Biden as president, there is real hope in America, a very strong likelihood that we will deal with these crises and make sure that America gets back on its feet again, working, socializing, and doing all the things we need to do. So I say to Donald that's right. We need to get America back on. Look at us. Party. No more coronavirus. Did you notice that there's no more death counts on CNN, MSDNC, and all of them? Suddenly, they got caught. So the only thing they're going to be doing is telling you how much they won. That's it. <laughs> That's it. That is all. That is all. Oh, man. The wonderland you're in. But you have to pick the drink, eat me. <laughs> I say, eat me. Look at them. Look at them. Suddenly, coronavirus is gone. You didn't see no death counts. You didn't talk about it today. It's because you got caught with your pants down, and now you want to just flush, flush, flush. Lies, lies, lies. The more you repeat a lie, the more it's the truth. And they know that. That's the way it goes. Donald Trump, you lost. No more games. Go home. Go home. <laughs> games been over Florida. for a while. Check it out. Stop delaying. Stop making up lies about the election. It was fair. So if you think Chucky's lying, send a letter to the president. I mean, you don't have to be on the left or on the right. If you're a lefty watching this and trolling any of these feeds, then so be it. If you're sure that nobody cheated, send that letter. He has to listen to you, too. He's your president, too. He's my president. He's everybody's president. If you live within the 50 states and the territories, he's your president. So why don't you ask him? I mean, what's your problem when checking it, Chucky? <laughs> game's been over for a while. Game theory, totally my game. There have been no irregularities found. You lost. You lost fair and square. And America now must forget you and move on and do the kinds of things, the big, bold action this country needs to get ourselves back on our feet. I just traveled to five different locations in Brooklyn and Manhattan. I met people from all over the country. People are so excited. They're both relieved and excited. And in one moment... Speaker Pelosi and I called President-elect Biden to congratulate him. He was on my cell phone. I held it out the window of the car, and he heard Brooklyn cheering. <laughs> Wait till you hear that phone call. Was he happy? 
Was he happy? Now, as I said, the long, dark night in America is over and a new dawn is coming. We can make that dawn even brighter by taking back the Senate, by winning the two seats in Georgia, and helping the working families of Georgia and America get the kind of help that have been denied, they have been denied for so long. Joe Biden won the election fair and square, but now the hard work we do, we all must roll up our sleeves and help America, help the working families of America, with so many problems that confront us. And today is a day that restores your faith. Restores your faith in the American people. It restores your faith in democracy. Thank God. Thank God. We will not have four more years of an autocratic, dishonest, uncaring president of Donald Trump. Okay, I'm ready for questions on this subject. If you have them, and if you don't. I, I, we've been waiting a long time. I stayed up at night to watch the TV till 11, 11.30. I thought Joe Biden might declare victory then. Then I went to bed, hoping it would be today. I was on the phone, and I heard overshadowed on the TV that, that the networks had declared for Donald Trump, and I let out a shout of joy, a shout of joy. And within a minute, Outside my apartment window in Brooklyn, you could hear the cheers from one end of the neighborhood to the other. America was so happy. Brooklyn was so happy. And how optimistic are you about this whole transfer of power? Look, Donald Trump tries every trick in the book. Ah, burner phone, right, guys? You see it? There you go. Kind of looks like the same phone he had on the table when he was hanging out with Soros. Wow, dude, you're a cajillionaire with all your, you know, sealed assets in the Caribbean, in Belgium, in Luxembourg, in Qatar, and you've got a flip phone? We know you're not that dumb with technology, so what's up? What is it exactly that's on that phone? You know, they're not tappable easily, but if someone's close enough to you, <laughs> you'll be very surprised. So here's where I'm going to um, tell you something interesting. Okay. So uh, let's talk about something that a lot of people don't know about. So I had told you guys a couple of years ago, actually, when I first started that um, I do research, I do medical research. Oh, and I should announce this. So, um, and I've told you that I, I studied under the great uh, Dr. Zavos and great. You guys decide he's the one that invented and perfected the, the way to clone human beings. He's actually cloned a human being. Um, he's actually got a global announcement that he's going to be doing soon. And he's going to be live on Tori says to talk about it. Um, I was actually chatting with him a couple of days and I was like, dude, let's, let's connect after the elections and talk about it. So we're going to talk human cloning and his new research. What I was researching with my friend that I've told you about, which is telomere research. Um, telomeres, I want you to think of matchsticks, okay? 
And this is, you're going to be like, what? We're, we're losing our country here. We're not losing our country. Stand fast. Okay. We're good. The president's golfing. I'm laughing and I'm showing you everything we have. So we're good. So my friend and I, um, that we're talking to Lemire, here's, here's, I've told you that your DNA is programming. Well, envision a matchstick. So envision that every, uh, chromosome you have has a matchstick at the tip. Now, uh, the how big the head of the matchstick is or like the foot or the covering at the tip is is how long you live if that's small your life is going this is why i tell people your memories are stored in your dna because as you age that dna degrades and that degrades along with the telomere covering i want you to it's it's not what I'm telling you is on a level where anyone can understand. Okay. I'm not going to go into the whole molecular aspect of it. So he's going to announce Dr. Zavos is actually going to announce something along the lines of death is actually a disease. So we're going to have that coming soon. I just thought I'd tell you now, my friend, my friend, like me, fellow nerd in his garage, um, actually, discovered a way to mass produce graphene. He actually made a mass amount of graphene in a red cup. No joke. And just little, like a gram of graphene will cost you an arm and a leg. And he made, he made it to just populate in a red cup. So he got a contract with this laboratory government partially government owned and they own about 60 percent of his patent because he patented now let me tell you something about graphene that you don't know and this will be a discussion at another time uh like 2022 when we're going to be holding these people accountable now everyone keeps complaining about fake foods i mean notion about fake fries i've told you that all corn is genetically modified graphene is very small and very strong. It can conduct heat and electricity. It actually has antibacterial properties. And not only that, it can actually hunt down cancer. <laughs> Interesting, isn't it? But here's the thing that people don't understand. Graphene, like I told you when we were talking COVID and, you know, how I told you that uh, the structure of the RNA seemed like there was a seam. You're going to say, Tori, how do you know there was a seam? Because I can see the seam for the adenines. Because I understand, I understand how it works. I understand nanomaterials and, uh, you know, how CRISPR works. That's my thing. So graphene, just so you know, is something that can you be used to uh, modify your genetic code. Uh, it can be injected into you. It can be applied into you. It can be snuck in with retroviral uh, DNA. But another thing is that it can be ingested. <laughs> Not only that. Um, graphene can act as an RFID tag. <laughs> and you're going to say, what do you mean an RFID tag? That makes no sense. Let me show you a picture, hold on, of um, graphene uh, that's edible. 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 So here's a team 
at Rice University, and I found it because I should show you these things. You need to see it, right? Actually created toast with graphene print. Hold on. Let me share this with you. You need to see it. Now, I'm not sharing it yet. Hold on, guys. Hold on. Now, I want you to understand. When people want to know if their food is selling, like, I don't know, McDonald's, for example, right? They want to know that their food is selling, that they're making money. Um, they want to know that this coffee's a hit. You know, people would say, well, they look at, um, they look at sales. Okay. They look at sales. All right. Well, if they look at sales, how do they know that people actually ate it? It could be a one-off or anything. They want to see how viral is the food going. Or what is it that people in um, the greater area of Columbus like to eat? Or how's this? How many babies ingest this type, Enfamil or some other brand, right? You can be like, what? They can do that? Oh, man. The things we can do, the technology we have is insane. So they can actually track you from satellites on the moon, on any moon, in any place. They can track you through your food. So let me show you that picture. Here's a picture of toast with a little printed, printed like ink, printed like ink, edible. RFID ink, but it's edible too. So Rice University is actually the one that uh, put this research together. I finally found a public source so that you can find it. And what they do is they can print it on paper, on food, on um on anything you can imagine, they can print it on. So I'm going to share that link so you guys can see it yourselves. Um, how this research is there. Now, I knew about this research because my buddy, well, they're using his stuff. So uh, recipes, 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 recipes. Recipes are not just for, uh, you know, making food or paper, but they do for other things too, right? So I'm going to take you back in time to an older show of mine, just so that you can see how things tie in slowly but surely if you're following everything we're talking about. So we're going to go to an episode that I did about a month ago. Let me start it off. So I think it's, here we go. Let me get it because I have to go to my Tori Says channel, right? So you guys see the picture? You got that? All right, good. I'm glad you do. So now you understand that Space Force, if they really want to, they can track you from outer space if you eat certain something. So this episode is on the Tori Says uh, channel and it's called Kodak Ventilators. Okay, so here we go. Here we go. Let's see. Let's check out what Kodak does. You ready for this? Here we go. I urge you to debunk this or see it. You'll get to know that Kodak has the most efficient ink there is. 
and I print a lot. And Kodak printers can put every single printer out of business printing. What did he say? Upload and then have a little device that can print it or teleport the right chemicals or take a listen. Situated in a manufacturing community in upstate New York, one of only 12 such federally designated regions in the country, in a multi-tenant industrial park, Kodak provides unique specialty chemicals operation for custom organic synthesis with coal manufacturing capabilities from pilot kilos to several hundreds of metric tons and a proprietary database of over 100,000 molecules. Kodak's specialty chemicals group, with a long history of quality-focused technology and production, is flourishing at Eastman Business Park. When working with Kodak's specialty chemicals group, customers have access to a full suite of pilot and analytical tools, which supports cost-effective development and rapid product acceleration with reduced risk. Come leverage an extensive stage gate commercialization process that includes raw material global sourcing, comprehensive HSE services, a vast portfolio of over 1,500 approved manufacturing processes, incredibly tight statistical process controls, secure communications connecting the customer to the project, and lean methodologies to optimize supply chain efficiencies. Kodak Specialty Chemicals Group offers wide-ranging chemical production assets maintained with a reputable and trusted corporation's care. Our strong team of experienced personnel and technical specialists are associated with the research, product development, and manufacturing operations at Kodak. No matter what the job, with a diverse portfolio of over 1,500 approved manufacturing processes, our team knows how to get the job done. Our expertise in complex heterocyclic chemistry is born from years of inventing functional dyes, couplers, polymers, and other materials for film and paper. Kodak's Specialty Chemicals Group is an entrepreneurial environment with a customer-focused culture, backed by a powerful brand and a high degree of recognition and trust in the chemical community. It's all here, a specialty chemicals operation that ranks among the very best in the world. Located at the intersection of imaging science and materials science, serving customers in diverse markets. Kodak's Specialty Chemicals Group at Eastman Business Park. That's also 2014, by the way. 2014, 2014. So, yeah. So, I thought I would show you this. Now, that tells you how things are going to be delivered shortly to our homes. We'll have devices, and they will be custom tailor-made, and that's it. But here's the scary part. So you see that the United Kingdom put out a report saying that when you're tested for COVID, they take your... All right, we don't need to hear the rest of that. But the whole point of that show was to tell you that they do a lot of things. They print things. And what did they say? Very trusted in chemical composition. Now... Paper can come from a lot of places, and your recipe can and may be duplicated. I mean, we do have counterfeits, but um, um, think about it. <laughs> what can be RFID chip? Do you think we're just going to shine lights, guys? 
So imagine, imagination. Wait, I need music for imagination. Let me find an imagination audio because I'm going to give you an imagination. Let's see. Imagination song. Let's see. Um, oh, damn. That's so good. Oh, and I'm going to so be like, you know, put down for it. Let me see. Um, can I play this without them giving me crap? Let's see how I'm going to do this. Um, let me try it. Maybe if I can play it with some clown music, the algorithm won't pick it up. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Cause you got to hear this. Cause I want you to imagine we're going to go into imagination now. Okay. Let's do the circus music. Okay, and now we're going to do this one. Imagination. 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 Okay, that was from South Park, one of my favorites. I had to play that song. So, imagination. Let's just imagine. Let's get into my vehicle and imagine, okay? So we're imagining right now. So imagine if we in 2018, according to that article, already had technology to print food and track you. Print food and track you. What if, what if your ink was tracked? What if your ink was tracked? What if... Your ink was tracked. You know, when people are looking at documents, they can actually find recipes for ink already to determine what printer you used, what model. But what if you had RFID technology? What is RFID? Oh, do you mean I can track you? <gasps> maybe, maybe it's like, I don't know, imagination. Let's see. Mm -hmm. Let me find that clip. Um, okay, let's listen to this report. Ready, guys? This is going to be fun. What if, what if? West Seneca postal worker could have interfered with the election by stealing absentee ballots and other mail. He's now charged with delay or destruction of mail. 7 Eyewitness News reporter Hannah Bueller shows us what led to the arrest and what authorities say they found in the man's car. It was 7.30 p.m. on election night when Customs and Border Protection officers say they stopped a U.S. postal worker near the Peace Bridge after getting off the 190 at the wrong exit. Customs and Border Protection officers did a sweep of his personal car. It was there investigators say they opened the trunk of Brandon Wilson's vehicle and found a postal carrier box with three absentee ballots sent to two Buffalo addresses from the Erie County Board of Elections, 106 political Political mailings, 220 first class mailings, and 484 standard mailings. 
That's a total of 813 mail pieces that prosecutors say did not belong to Wilson. The first class letter mailings were supposed to go to zip codes in the Buffalo Cheektowaga border, with the majority going to 14215. In the criminal complaint, prosecutors say Wilson, who is from West Seneca, initially told officers the mailings were for him and his mother, but then said in September he estimated he placed mail from his delivery routes into his personal vehicle trunk on more than four occasions. Wilson said he intended to decrease the amount of mail in the trunk of his vehicle by placing a small amount into USPS missort containers in the morning before his shift began. But federal prosecutors say he hadn't placed any mail in the missort containers for three weeks. U.S. Attorney J.P. Kennedy says this office is committed not only to ensuring the integrity of the mails, but also individuals' right to vote in a free and fair election. The criminal conduct with which this defendant is alleged to have engaged undermined both of those interests. And the U.S. Postal Service tells me Wilson has been placed on emergency placement, which means he is out of work and has no access to the mail. This is pending the outcome of this criminal investigation. If convicted on the charges, he could spend five years in prison. Reporting in West Seneca, Hannah Buell. Five years? Five years? So let me tell you something. So that report was from November 5th. 2020. He was caught on election night. That was one of many. Now I'm going to take you to remind you of some awesome stuff. You know what? First, I'm going to take you in a trip back in time uh, before I take you to that awesome stuff. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So you could see the development of um, who, what, when, where. Let me see. I got to find it. All right. You guys ready for this one? It's going to be fun. You're going to be like, wait, what? Hold on. A lot of you haven't even heard of this agency, but no longer. Now it's called Space Force, but you should hear about the predecessors. They've got great views from the moon. Ready? So that's one. Let's go to another one so you could get to know them a little bit better. Just a little bit better. Here we go. Here's another one. Let's see. My name is Nate DeLeon, and I have the privilege of working in the Signals Intelligence Directorate, or SIGINT, at the NRO. SIGINT is the exploitation of the enemy's use of the electromagnetic spectrum. So, for practical use, the radars and the invisible waves that ships and airplanes use to look around, by being able to understand their behaviors or their employment, it can directly trace to our leadership's understanding of how the enemy operates. We achieved the SIGINT mission by placing extremely sensitive receivers looking down at the earth to track those behaviors and listen to them. We do this in the form of a satellite. SIGINT supports the overall mission because oftentimes it's SIGINT that's the first to know that there's some activity that we need to pay attention to. What's really difficult about it though is the target set, as in being the RF spectrum, 
is constantly changing. So there's a lot of variables to consider. Bottom line is we're listening to the bad guys from space. By listening, we're then able to inform our leadership and our decision makers of what moves to make next. But then we also inform the direct warfighter at the tactical level. My job is to inject upgrades for space protection onto a vehicle that's already being built. So think of purchasing a car in the year 2000 for it to be delivered in 2004. Now, while they're bolting the doors on, you realize that there's this new capability called Bluetooth. My job is to assess that need, understand what the requirement is or what Bluetooth is going to grant you, and then understand how to integrate it into the system the best way possible. What's innovative about SIGINT is despite the fact that these spacecraft take a very long time to create, we will continue to inject capability. This is called evolutionary acquisitions. What this allows us to do is to stay nimble with the times and ensure that we get the most out of our investment for every launch. SIGINT delivers versatile, robust, resilient, and capable assets to the warfighter, to our multinational partners, and to the nation. These capabilities are having direct impact today. Imagine what we can do for the future. Ooh, that's before Space Force. Now let's see what Space Force is telling us. Are you ready for this? Let's just remember. See, it's not about having the facts. It's about watching them the way they should be, so that way they make sense. Is this it? Yes, it is. Let's do it. Today, space is essential not only to our way of life. It's absolutely critical to the modern way of war. GPS, ATMs, cell phones, gas pumps, traffic lights, power grids, guided missiles, surveillance, RPAs, ground combat control. There's no such thing as a day without space operations. You just don't see them. Earth is only half the battle. Cyber attacks and jamming of our satellites. Microsatellites that can create a debris field. At 17,000 miles an hour, a piece of metal the size of a coin can be weaponized. Now is the time for a military branch with a clear and singular focus on space. A military branch that protects the hopes and dreams of America and our way of life as the space domain becomes more and more contested. It's time for another giant leap. The United States Space Force is being built from the brightest minds across the space operations of the Air Force, our joint services, and the private sector. We aren't just getting ready for the near future. We're getting ready for the 22nd century. When our enemies ask, what if? We will have an answer. When foreign powers can build bases on the dark side of the moon, when private companies are inventing a new economy beyond our planet, we need to stay one step ahead of the future. The future is where we'll make history. We will fight in an environment with no up or down, no left or right, where there are no borders and nowhere to hide. Our Space Force is defending our country, here on Earth and wherever our mission takes us. As commerce and exploration expand, we will imagine the unimaginable, anticipate the inconceivable, and prepare for the impossible. We won't just think outside the box, we'll think outside the atmosphere. In one of the most challenging environments ever known. Exactly. So I want to just rewind so you can hear how they said that they can they can see things that are very, very tiny. So let's just imagine now. Let's just imagine. 
right? I want you to imagine, imagine. If you can be chipped so they can track if you like Wendy's or McDonald's fries with the fake potatoes. If you can be tracked if you like to drink soy lattes or straight up. How many pumpkin spices are we selling to people like milk chocolate or dark chocolate? You'll eat it and then that RFID, uh, you know, during ingest it, you'll pass it and it'll go. So it'll fall as a bleep off the radar when destroyed. But you can see where it is and where it would be more popular. Hey, we should do McRibs in this place for a longer time because they sell like hotcakes. Maybe not over here, though. These people choose more organic bananas. So I guess we're going to be stocking them with more organic bananas. <laughs> what if I want to see who reads my book and I publish a book and I make sure that my ink has RFID chips uh, that decay after they get, they get activated with the sale. And then you get my book and I know where it went. Oh, look, a lot of people from Montana are reading my stuff. That's, that's badass. Wait a minute. Why did my books get sold? Like, why did I get a hundred books in Wisconsin and now they're sitting in some warehouse? Oops. And then they disappeared in North Dakota. Or who is the one that bought all these books in, I don't know, in Georgia. And then suddenly those books disappeared and they went to Virginia and then they disappeared off the face of the earth. Bleep, bleep is on. Beep, 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 beep. And then poof, gone. I mean, I'm just saying, imagine. Now listen to the first minute of this again and keep that in mind. Today, space is essential not only to our way of life, it's absolutely critical to the modern way of war. GPS, ATMs, cell phones, gas pumps, traffic lights, power grids, guided missiles, surveillance, RPAs, ground combat control. There's no such thing as a day without space operations. You just don't see them. Earth is only half the battle. Cyber attacks and jamming of our satellites. Microsatellites that can create a debris field. At 17,000 miles an hour, a piece of metal the size of a coin can be weaponized. Now is the time for a military branch with a clear and singular focus on space. A military branch that protects the hopes and dreams of America and our way of life as the space domain becomes more and more contested. It's time for another giant leap. So, you know, all these things we have to track. All these things we have to track. I mean, look at what the 45th Space Wing helps keep operations operational. They also tweeted how they're involved in a lot of things. No sidelines, six nations, collaboration. They've been really, really busy. You'd think that space is just lame. Lame. Completely lame, right? Where's that tweet? Oh, yeah, that's me tweeting out my desk. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Where's that tweet? I need to find that tweet. Oh, by the way, here's a patriot. Already did the letters. That's what we need to do. Make ourselves seen. Oh, and this was interesting. Did you guys see it? 71,000 legal votes. The most ever for a sitting president. Yes. Most legal votes. See, when you ask for proof, so shall it come. So, <laughs> discreet, 
but there. Where is it? I just tweeted a lot about this letter. Oh, by the way, you guys know Chris Berg. He works for a Fox affiliate. He was suspended today. Doesn't know why. He didn't tweet anything about the elections. Wait, is he back on? No. Is he? He's gone. So anyway, he doesn't know why I was following him, of course. Remember how he broke the story, how they get paid to say that you have coronavirus? Yeah, he, he's gone. Ah, this is what I wanted you to hear. Our general. Let's play this. This election is about... Yeah, so well, let me just give let me you... Just a, make sure it's loud enough. All right, here we go. Kind of a, a couple of, of uh, sound bites, if you will. But th- this election is about the national security going, this is going forward, the national security country and whether or not we're going to have the country that we deserve. It's about economic prosperity and it's about our, our the, the saving or the protecting of our constitutional rights, especially as we, as we are observing this uh, outrageous election process. You, you just played uh, Vice President Biden talking about how you know, everybody has to be patient. Well, they were about to claim victory last night until up until uh, Judge uh, Justice Alito from the Supreme Court made the ruling in Pennsylvania. Yeah. So what I would say is you be patient and, and let's all be patient here in America. The, 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 the biggest you know, counsel I could provide, Carl, is for everybody, everybody around the country needs to take a deep breath. Right. In, on the battlefield, and you know this, uh, Carl, from your experience, you know, fighting alongside of us uh, in Iraq and Afghanistan, but we always have to take the harder right path, which is a tougher path, versus taking the what I call the easier wrong path, which is which is always the wrong path. It's never the easier path is never the right path, mm-hmm. and the easier path for for the the current administration would be to just give in. And, and we cannot give in based on what we have seen already and the evidence that has already been brought to light, particularly this, uh, this mess up in, up in Michigan with this, uh, this Dominion software. That's just, uh, it's outrageous that one county and they, I guess they have 47 counties that this software is in and now come to find out it's in, it's in as many as 30 states. So, right. So there has to be a, a, an investigation. There has to be a slowdown. Everybody has to slow down and take a deep breath uh, because of the things that we need in this country going forward is we need. And, th- and the president has said this, I think, in his great statement. You know, we have to have trust. We have to have transparency. Americans are resilient people. We can we can withstand the the uh, the, the weight that we are in right now. There's going to be a lot of gnashing of teeth, obviously. This is bigger than the presidency. This is bigger than Donald Trump. This is bigger than Vice President, uh, than President Donald J. Trump, than, than uh, Vice President uh, Biden. Much bigger. This is the presidency of the United States of America. It's the Constitution of the United States of America. It's the process that we have had for, for almost 250 years. And yeah. my last point, Carl, and I'll shut up here for a second, is pressure by the media to call this election is totally irresponsible. Yeah, no, I, I I could not echo your sentiments anymore, General. Um, you know, one of the things is you obviously ran the intelligence community. You were in the White House for a while. And, you know, this is something you have seen the inner bowels of the innermost workings of D.C., of the intelligence committee and dare I say, deep state. So what mm-hmm. concerns you most? And I know you're going through your own legal process right now that I don't want to touch on out of respect for that. But uh, what concerns you most about the process you're seeing right now and how it's being played out? Yeah. So uh, that's a great question. What I have observed in my time 
in Washington, D.C. And frankly, it really wasn't that long. I, I wasn't in Washington, D.C. that many years as a uh, as a general officer, as a, you know, as a as a political person, you know, obviously. But um, I would tell you that what I what I know and what I have seen are the deep seated and the deep levels of corruption in our government. And it's sad and it's heartbreaking. But I have seen that. I have observed it. I know of it. Uh, and and we are seeing the American public, uh, ha, you know, they saw it over the last four years with the whole Russia, 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 the, you know, the impeachment, all the things that we know about. And and what American what the American people are seeing is that we have a problem in Washington, D.C. And Washington, D.C. is not going to fix the problem. Right. The, the problem will only be fixed. It will only be fixed by by uh, an awake America of patriots that we have seen around the country. You know, the, the media, I always said that the two biggest problems in the United States are Hollywood and New York City because of the because nobody pays any attention to the quote unquote flyover patriots that exist around the country. Right. These people are, have, have woken up and and we must now we must now get this process right. Yeah. If we do not get this process right then we're not going to have a country. I completely agree, sir. And, you know, I, I got into a, a disagreement with one of my friends the other day who happens to be on the other side of the political spectrum. And they said, I don't know why you're so concerned about this. I said, I, I went overseas for nine years for this country, for our rights. And I've seen elections in countries that don't have the same privileges we have. And, sir, you know, dare I say that if, if we allow to be to succumb to questionable elections, do we have a country left? Yeah. So I was involved directly in the elections in Iraq. Remember, you know, for the listeners, your viewers, they, they will remember the, the pictures of the people with the blue fingerprints. You know, they went and voted, yep. right? And it was a big deal. So I was directly involved in that, and I was directly even more so involved in the elections in Afghanistan. We were proud, the American military and, and the international community in Afghanistan, we were proud of the way we ran a free and fair election process in two countries while we were in combat. And right. and, uh, and I, I can sit here today and, and tell you and your viewers that that was a point of pride for certainly for us who were responsible for running those elections. And, and they were not without uh, challenges, but but they were free and fair. And the people of those countries felt very uh, upbeat about what happened. You know, and so why can't we do that here in this country? And, and not, you know, I won't rehash all the things that other other commentators have said about, you know, why is Florida, which has two time zones, lots of people able to get their stuff knocked out by, by 10 o'clock at night and, and you don't have North Carolina, Georgia. I mean, you know, all of the stuff that we're seeing unfolding. What I think is happening is there is an unraveling. And I would my my belief is that the technical side of this election. So the the electronic voting is probably has has probably uh, there's probably some problems there and they're going to find those out. Michigan is one of the examples. Yep. And I think that what happened was when the votes didn't get uh, to the numbers that they needed. Now we come in with the mail in ballots. And I believe I strongly believe that they are going to find mail in ballot problems like we already have seen that were after the fact to get to the numbers uh, to achieve a victory. That's what we don't need. I pray that I'm wrong. I pray that I'm wrong. But that's my gut following a lot of information and a lot of insight and a lot of the things going on. And so, from some very smart people who watch this stuff all the time, who aren't necessarily 
one of the big political pundits on TV who, you know, who come on and they don't really know anything. Right. I'll go back to the beginning, Carl, and I'll stop. This is about our national security. This is about our economic prosperity. And this is about our, our constitutional rights. If we don't get this election right, we lose in all three of those cases. No, I, I completely agree, sir. And I, I remember some of those elections over in Iraq where people under threat of death in some cases voted, turned out to vote right. in 90% margins. And here in America, you know, 60, 70, maybe 80% turnout here. It, it, it's shocking that the rights we have that we, A, aren't being honored with and, and B, are, uh, are, are grossly overlooked. Now, I want to go into something. Uh, your lawyer, Sidney Powell, has been involved with this legal mm-hmm. effort. Um, can you talk a little bit mm-hmm. about her involvement with that at all or and how that maybe helps or hurts your case? Well, I, I think that here's how I would just state it. Mm-hmm. I believe that every American that's out there that feels like they have a an ability to help the country uh, overcome what is clearly a, a problematic presidential election, they need to step up. And even in in uh, in my case, where where I I am still uh, sort of in limbo, you know, waiting on a on a final decision, which you know, which I think we'll get. Um, any American that has an ability uh, to to be able to help, they need to step up and help mm-hmm. instead of back there wringing their hands and gnashing their teeth at, and and saying, "Well, they should do this, they should do that." Step up, America, and step up in a big way, especially if you have an ability to help at your local level or your state level or certainly the national level. Mm-hmm. And there's plenty of places to call and there's plenty of representatives out there now who, who are in place and are going to be in place that, that would, uh, that would, you know, that would ask for that kind of help. So in, in the case of, uh, of what I think, uh, Sydney's involved in, she's one of those great patriots who is stepping up for the country in a time of need. Yeah, no, we've had her. Great clip, right? Great clip. Great listening to our general. It is. It's actually quite great. I love listening to him. He's a great guy. So wait, hold on. Let's find. So one thing that everyone is doing is eating a little bit of crow. Uh, I keep getting those questions. Um, people are DMing and chatting. I just want to, um, who did I want to find? Oh, um, so people are now um, protesting and they're covering Millie's uh, video report on what we had. And so uh, now they're covering this when we told them it was going to happen. They were waiting for the queue to come in so they can do it. And this is why I'm like, yeah, maybe we shouldn't be out because these people are nuts. So now everyone's reporting and showing the footage. But I want to go um, to the site created um, by Millie. Summarize.com. Because I want to show you something. Because everyone keeps talking about um, Siza. And I want to find the one. Okay, this is the extended version. So I guess this is the one I want to show you guys. So, you know, I, I was on air just a couple of days ago. You know, I was tweeting about these people uh, for a couple of days. And just like someone says, why aren't the big Q decoders getting behind this? Well, you should ask them. Why aren't they giving you the news? 
Why aren't they showing you the news? Is it because they're jealous? Come on, man. No one would be that dumb because if they are doing it for that reason, that's not going to fall very nice to them. They, you know, maybe they just decide whatever. I'm going to show you someone that worked for Siza. Yeah, that's right. Hold on. Let me find you. Um, the woman she introduces herself is Laura Robb. Let's just um, listen to these people quickly so you can see uh, who these people are and what and, and how big of a deal it is because a lot of people, oh, Antifa is just soy. These people aren't soy. These people are actually freaking dangerous. Dangerous. Are you ready? Okay. So here we go. Let's do this. It's dangerous when you recognize somebody's voice, right? <laughs> awesome. Can everybody hear me okay? All right. Well, let me take another 10 for department if you want, or talk about what your favorite meal is. Here you go. <laughs> Find a way to introduce Introductions. yourself to people with. If you're talking about um, actions that you might take yourself, uh, I encourage folks to speak hypothetically. Um, if someone were considering doing X, what, what might the problems be? That way there's no implication that that's actually something that you've said you're going to do. Just keep things hypothetical. And then if there's a discussion emerges, especially in the breakout group, um, of some very specific actions that you want to take or something that might be higher risk for people in your group, definitely um, get each other's contact information and form a signal group to talk about. <laughs> we'll take 10 more ways to follow. Ready? Open the chat box. It's the, it's the little dialogue bubble at the bottom of your Zoom screen. All right, are you ready? When I say go, you can hit enter. Ready, set, go. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is a real chat storm. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, well, let me take another 10, 15 seconds. You can scroll up so you can see how much shared sentiment there is in this room. These are all federal employees. You're not going to feel alone after this workshop, that's for sure. Yeah, because they're all disgusting federal employees that were if treated so well. A federal agency. I'm also a union member at a federal is and that you well, welcome. And um, it's really fun to read through the uh, chat storm messages and that even when we haven't influenced what each other's saying, um, it looks like there's a lot of um, things we're all trying to get in common. So I, I said this at the beginning, but my name is Maddie. Um, I'm a management and programs analyst in uh, a federal agency. I'm also a union member. I've seen some people express that uh, they, they are not in unions or um, that might be not something not at their agency. And uh, you'll have plenty of time to talk about that as well. Um, I'm really heartened to see so many people join us this evening um, and taking time out of your personal calendar to do this um, because I think there's a ton of stuff going on um, worth talking about. Um, just a couple of items. I use she, her pronouns. And of course, uh, in case there is any question, I am not here in any official professional capacity. Um, and so I just wanted to set up really quickly at the beginning and speak through what's happening right now and make sure we're all kind of level set. So we can go to the next slide. 
So a high level issue, um, the election is at risk. Um, this is due to a number of factors. Uh, Donald Trump has not committed to a peaceful transfer of power. Um, instead, there's been significant fear mongering about risks associated with mail-in ballots, um, which has been rampant. Um, the now, listen carefully and think about it, because those of you that are asking these questions, why is it that the people you follow didn't report on this when these are federal employees? And while your QD quarter coders are talking about SISA, they're so dumb, a SISA employee is in this freaking meeting talking shit. This is from before the elections. This is their plan of what they're going to be doing. This is them discussing in October how they're going to be doing it, how they're going to be overthrowing the government. These are federal employees. Some of them are lawyers, right? Counsel at the Department of Labor. And you know what sucks? Is that all of the people you follow knew about it. We sent it to all of them and they didn't report it. So there's two things. Either they're just spiteful bitches that don't want to give you the news from someone that actually has the news or they're in on it. You decide. You ask them. Ask them. There's only two answers. You're spiteful because your information is second and third hand or you're in on it. Ask them. What did Grinnell say? Hold them accountable. Call them out. You're supposed to be, they're supposed to be your news source. They're supposed to be decoding things. Ask them. Ask them. This is treason on video. They're telling you they're not hiding it. And nobody was reporting it. We could have avoided a lot of shit if they did. But it's okay. We already knew. We called them out. These patriots, you know, not people who get paid by the people to continue doing, but patriots, we told you. So you need to ask them, how is it that this was out in, you know, mid-October and none of you, none of you decided to talk about it or analyze it when it was free there? Yeah. Ah, ah, this is where you ask them. If you're you know, funding them, if you're supporting them, you need to ask them because this is the only way we clean stuff up. Okay. So let's see to the next introductions. So they're telling you it's a coup, right? It's a coup. Listen. Or if someone stays in power that didn't win, it's a coup. If these principles are violated, our democracy is under attack. And I think it's really important that we use language that is um, fitting for what is potentially going on. Um, there's a lot of indicators and things we should be paying attention to. Um, and I think it's important to also consider that a coup can happen anywhere where there is democracy um, if we're not paying attention and doing what we have to do to defend it. So a coup is um, democratic. Are you listening? So speaking of coups, I also mm -hmm. want to um, be upfront that Thwarting um, a, coup a coup is not to democratic. to honor the results of a free and fair election. It is not a coup to act against a government or officials who are trying to prevent a legitimate transfer of power. Damn, PSYOPs 101. Let's change the definitions. All right, so let's go to the next federal employee here. Here we go. This is the scariest bitch of them all. She's the reason Esper's in trouble. And see, I said that. And I was like, why are people just focused on Lisa Fithian? Because she's just a, a, a 
terrible human being. Why just her? Why not this person that's linked to the Pentagon? Activities that are going on. But with that, I'll pass it back to Laura. Well, and I'll just pass it on to Maria Stefan, our next speaker. Don't forget to introduce yourself, Maria. Great, will do. Can everyone hear me okay? All right. Um, well, thanks, uh, Laura and Maddie, and hi, everyone. It is um, really great to be with you all in solidarity during this um, critical junction for our country. Uh, by way of uh, brief background, I've spent the past two decades focused on uh, what Representative John Lewis referred to as good trouble, uh, notably how people can use nonviolent action or people power to advance rights, freedoms, and democracy. Um, I have uh, studied as an academic and as a researcher dynamics of authoritarianism, um, how, authoritarian, how authoritarians around the world have attempted to steal elections. Um, and I've also um, focused on when and why movements for democracy have succeeded. Um, at the same time, I um, have worked in the U.S. government. I worked in the State Department for over five years, um, and I'm currently now on a leave of absence uh, from my job to focus on our domestic uh, democracy and peacebuilding work. She is on a leave of absence, a sabbatical from the Pentagon, just clarifying. So I'm going to be bringing to bear perspectives both as an ac academic um, and as someone who has served um, as a public servant in U.S. government. And just to, you know, drive a finer point on the framing um, for this workshop, this is not really, you know, a training in activism. Really, it's about how you all as uh, federal workers can be the penultimate public servants at a time when our country needs you the most. And, you know, this workshop was open to everyone, no matter their political stripe, um, because ultimately this is not about Trump or about Biden. It's about us and it's about our constitutional right to choose our elected government uh, representatives free. Right, because Biden was never going to be there. You like the pronouns here that we have? Yeah, right. She, her. You play along. So she, like I said, you can't negotiate with these people because they're insane. But I want you to hear how she puts this out. Because she was on a leave of absence from the Department of Defense. Hence why she was very important. But no one paid attention to her. When when um, Jack Posobiec tried to steal the story from Millie Weaver and pretend that he was there and he was calling him Antifa when they're not Antifa, because Antifa makes him sound fluffy, these people are criminals they're anarchists these people are crazy okay they're freaking crazy they believe in the new world order and they believe in shit like having stuff like the hunger games because they believe that will uh propel society better so if it wasn't for him being greedy and trying to steal the story because he leaked the map when the map was leaked to him by someone that had gotten the map from millie um and wasn't on bannon the story probably would have not gotten any coverage. So it's a good thing he likes to steal things. So, um, you know, he was like, yo, we were in. No, you weren't. Here we are. Here we are. Here we are. Stop. So, um, you know, it, it, it came out and Bannon clicked with Fithian, with Fithian because he knew who she is. But it's this person that you see on your screen right now that was key, along with another woman that you're going to see later, who... Uh, worked for Siza, you know, the one that people are telling you made the recipe for papers and watermarks. Yeah, she worked for them. 
Department of Homeland Security. She's the one that was leaking information to all these clowns where the police were going to be and how much information they got. She's the one that told them to stop with the Zoom calls and they stopped their signal chats because she leaked it all in the Department of Homeland Security. This chick named Laura Robb. You'll see her. So we have the power. And speaking of power, uh, Laura, if you can switch to the next slide. I want to start with this uh, quote by uh, Jean Sharp, who's one of the pioneers in the field of nonviolent action, just to get a little bit at what power you all have um, as individuals and as federal workers. So Jean Sharp said um, in The Politics of Nonviolent Action, by themselves, rulers cannot collect taxes, enforce repressive laws and regulations, keep trains running on time, prepare national budgets, direct traffic, manage ports, print money, repair roads, keep markets supplied with food, make steel, build rockets, train the police and the army, issue postage stamps, or even milk a cow. People provide these services to the ruler through a variety of organizations and institutions. If people would stop providing these skills, the ruler could not rule. And just as an added insight on this, specifically focused on bureaucrats, um, President Harry S. Truman famously said, I thought I was the president, but when it comes to these bureaucrats, I can't do a damn thing. So the bottom line with this is that we all, as ordinary people um, and as federal workers, have power. Uh, Next slide, Laura. So um, just to to share a little bit, kind of one of the um, underlying theories of power um, that is kind of at the base of understanding uh, civic action and why kind of... The fifth column. Do you see it now? Do you see it now? People power has succeeded uh, here and around the world. So the idea is that power um, ultimately um, flows from individuals and ordinary people, that no ruler or government can wield power without the consent and the cooperation of the ruled. So power is actually dispersed across society and concentrated in what we refer to as pillars of support. So these are organizations and institutions that provide a government or other power holder with the power with the skills, the knowledge, the labor, the know-how that they need uh, to stay in power. And these pillars of support are made up of ordinary people like you and me who provide expertise, who provide uh, specific forms of labor, um, who provide buying power. So if people in these pillars of support withhold or deny their consent and cooperation, meaning they stop obeying, they stop cooperating, and they engage in protests, boycotts, strikes, a whole host of other uh, nonviolent tactics. That if masses of people engage in non-cooperation, no ruler can stay in power. Ah, um, even if you need to take out the fifth column, which they did. That's the one they infiltrated, just so you know. I mean, I've talked about the fifth column. You know, that's my spiel right there. I just want to see if we can... Get to navigate the other chick. Running the chat. Oh, listen to her. Introduce herself. Just listen to who she hey. is. 
Here window open, you're missing it. Click on the little speech bubble at the bottom of your screen. Also, don't forget, if you have questions, you can put them in chat, and the facilitators are going to keep track of questions for... Listen um, to the next after, introduction. After the next Just speaker, listen. Who is Sarah Sterrett? Sarah, do you want to introduce yourself? Yes, thank you, um, Laura. And Maria, that was really excellent. Thank you so much for that presentation. I, I have to say, as an attorney in the federal government, um, I, I am finding the chat uh, suggestions it's very interesting and I just do want to remind people that we lose our status as federal employees if we strike uh, but as my sister Sarah Harper pointed out we could do an informational picket at lunchtime um, you know so there are things you can do that that will get you visibility um, if you do them carefully and you do them at lunchtime you probably won't get fired so that would be my sort of initial thing is probably don't get fired like right away unless you're ready to quit your job if you're ready to quit your job you know that's a whole nother thing um, so, can everyone see me and hear me? I can't see myself, so I don't know. She's lead yes, counsel at the Department okay, of Labor. All right, so I just want to go okay. through some real quick. So, guys, she is lead counsel at the Department of Labor, okay? Just so you understand who these people are, okay? Just so you understand who these nutbags are. These are people high up in the rank. These are SCSs, all colluding, all telling you what they're going to do. And they got caught on camera. So if anyone says, well, Millie Weaver or whatever Tory shares is incredible, be like, dude, they're dead to rights. They're on fucking video. They're introducing themselves and giving each other's tips. There's links so you can find their shit. This is what, there we go. Here's your size of bitch. Listen to her. Oh, God, sorry. Yeah, if Susan's not responding, then Molly, I guess. I thought I heard Susan for a second. I don't want to jump on. Looks like her sound may not be working at the moment. Is my sound working? Yeah, we can hear you, Molly. Okay. All right. That's well, why um, you need to ask them. Why okay, didn't yeah, you so share so this information? Are you working with the corrupt government? That's the question you should ask them. Because if they're going to say, well, it's not credible information. Did you see it? See, Laura Robb, who's talking, is the one that works for DHS. You mean to be the source of the leaks. Oh, here's the guy talking about leaks. He works too long for so, the federal government, too. Listen to how he talks about if leaking. If you read the mainstream press, like who is covering your agency? who is working for ProPublica, who is working for Politico. Um, they all have signal accounts. Text them, leak everything you can, save your emails, record. I record these meetings. I send it over. I, and I can't believe I'm showing my face here. But I've been doing this for months. And if you do have to write something, write something with really crappy, you know, just unintelligible, ungrammatical language <laughs> to just make them look terrible. Right. And it will look like something that comes from this administration anyway. But. Um, and to your first point, um, I know we talked a little bit about whistleblower protections. Um, do you have any sense of like what is and isn't? Um, covered when you're kind of like leaking things to a place like ProPublica over Signal or anything like that? ProPublica came I, after I, me. I mean, again, and I sort of prefaced it. I was like, I don't anticipate keeping my job for too long. So uh, I'm, I'm just taking a risk and I just believe in it. And I don't really care about the job anymore, which is terrible because I don't know what I'm going to do without it. But I just figure I'll get another job. Yeah. And I think that's definitely 
an important thing to think about like your own risk level. Um, and if you're in a place where you're like, so be it. Um, and taking that level of risk is. The other thing is not everyone's in that position like me where I feel confident about like going back on the hunt for a new job. You may have a colleague who has a higher risk threshold than you do. Um, so if there's a way that you can pass on that information and that they're willing to be the front for it. Um, again, the journalists I've dealt with have been super ethical in ways to shield me. Okay. Meaning to be the source of the leaks. So just get to find out who those, and most, most respectable journalists do that. They try and shield their sources because that's their, that's their bread and butter that they give them the story. So they don't want to throw you under the bus or screw you. Yeah. So this is Laura. Um, I am known in my organization for being the one who is annoying about thinking through all the, all the nitty gritty details. Um, so I'm going to do that (laughs) right now. Um, I know that in most fairly large operations, um, not everyone is tasked with drafting false official statements, right? So it's entirely possible that the eight people in this room, that none of us are actually drafting statements that would be coming from our agency. Um, so, you know, to thinking about each of us. And she like, works for Department exactly Homeland Security. Where scenario intersect with us, right? It might DHS. be, for example, that DHS. Um, the uh, external affairs office DHS. for your agency, who you don't really have any control over, is the group that actually puts out that statement. And so what can you do um, before, during, and after that process, right? Do you have um, a connection to someone in EO where you can, or EA, where you can go up to them and say, hey, have you been asked to draft a statement like this? Um, If they say yes, how would you convince them to not do it? And if they don't agree with you and someone in that e- in that office goes ahead and issues a statement anyway, how would you be able to exercise your First Amendment rights to say, like, I work at this agency, this statement was put out in support of the coup, this is a coup, and I do not support my agency's statement. Would you make that, would you make that statement to the public? Would you make it internally to your supervisor? Um, like, where exactly do you intersect with this talking point communique? These are SESs. Okay? Yeah, I think a lot of us are called on to provide building okay, blocks so, for, say, talking So points. again, so you go to example, Sunrise Exposed. She's also an SES. She's been in there for a while. I just want to see if we can get to the last part because I want to wrap it up. And those of us on Twitch, we can um, uh, raid Millie's channel afterwards. Okay, so this is everyone. Take a listen to this. Scenario two, um, there was also a lot of talking about bureaucratic slowdown, uh, and especially pairing bureaucratic slowdown with vacation with sick time. Um, and then also a lot of... Did you hear that? So they were going to slow down any paperwork that needs to happen in all departments. People would get the federal flu, which means a lot of people would call in sick, right? And they would stymie everything that President Trump wants to do. Talk about like immediately expanding the circle of coworkers you're talking with about. So basically they knew that they're going to steal the election. So their job was to slow shit down. 
to make things as difficult as possible for the president to get the election taken back. And this is why it's important for you to make sure that the people that you fund, the people that you support are giving you the news. Um, Millie's live. So we're going to raid her. I just want to show you guys again, the letter. This is how we win. This is how we win. We don't need to go out on the street. We are the news. Mainstream media and brands are obsolete. I hope I've showed you that. Uh, you should be focusing on what is important to you? Because aside from the protests, you know, where we showed they were organizing, they were talking about vehicle bombs. And, you know, Cassandra Fairbanks, Little Miss Code Pink was reporting on that, but she didn't give any credence to Millie Weaver on that for exposing it, which is fine. Nobody cares of giving credence. You're eating crow anyway, and everybody can see it. The point is, for all of you out there that think that people are giving you the news and that they're unbiased, ask them the question. Why didn't you do it? And if they respond, oh, Millie Weaver's not credible or Tori's not credible, then, but it's video. They're dead to rights. They're telling you. Why didn't you do it? Which means the answer is they're playing for the other side and they're pretty good at crafting it as they're not. Or else they have to humble themselves and say, maybe, I don't know, I'm jealous of Millie. I'm jealous of Tori. I'm jealous of Gavin. I'm jealous of Bergie. Or they feel like idiots for not covering Shadowgate because if they covered it, Again, we wouldn't be here right now. We can't change the past. We can only change the future. And the future depends on you and your actions. And that's why it's very important to be mindful of what we put out and how we share it many times. For me, I'm like a bull in a china cabinet. I really don't give a shit. I'm going to dump it the way it needs to be straightforward. I really am not a P's and Q's person when I get pissed and it's not that I'm angry at these corrupt clowns that are trying to steal our nation. I'm angry because there are so many good people out there and they're so demoralized that anger is a very strong emotion and it wakes people up. Because think about it. This letter is going to cost you 55 cents to send to the president. Is 55 cents not worth your time to spend and maybe printing it out or writing it out and getting an envelope or a paper, just get an old birthday card. You have in a draw that you never sent and say, happy birthday, president Trump and stick the letter in there, whatever it is, or chuck it out and just write a letter or print it out. It's not much. Your freedom is at the very least worth 55 cents because your vote represents your freedom and they stole it. And that's why it's important. All of us, Make sure that we use the same vehicle they used to take away your freedom. You use the same vehicle to take it back. So on that note, guys, I am going to leave you with a lot of love and light. I want you guys to see if your president's golfing, it's pretty much okay, right? It's got to be okay. It's really got to be okay. So we live in the land of confusion. And let's go with my favorite solo musician. And <laughs> for those of you on Twitch, we're going to raid Millie's channel right after this song. God bless everyone. See you tomorrow for movie night. Those on Twitch. I must have dreamed a thousand dreams. Been haunted by a million screams. But I can hear the marching feet. They're moving into the streets. Now, did you read the news today? They say the dangers come our way.
lights They're burning into the night There's too many men There's too many people Making too many problems But there's God